0: a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the chief priests and Pharisees had heard the parables, they realized that Jesus was speaking about them. Then the Pharisees went off and plotted how they might entrap Jesus in speech. They sent their disciples to him with Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. And you are not concerned with anyone's opinion, for you do not regard a person's status. Tell us, then, what is your opinion? Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Knowing their malice, Jesus said, Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin that pays the census tax. And then they handed him the Roman coin. He said to them, Whose image is this, and whose inscription? They replied, Caesar's. And that he said to them, Then repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and to God what belongs to God. The Gospel of the Lord Did you know that Jesus only directly answers 3 of the 183 questions that he himself is asked in the four gospels? Jesus either keeps silent, as with Pilate, returns with another question, as with the coin of Caesar, or gives an illustration, as with the good Samaritan story. Remember, Jesus is still in the temple Where the Pharisees are questioning his authority. A Roman coin must be used to pay the Roman tax. The inscription on the coin named the emperor both high priest and son of the divine Augustus. For many Jews, then, even to use such a coin, which featured not only a human being and the implicit divine claim, was tantamount to recognizing Tiberius' claims made on the coin. That was why there had to be money changes in the temple. You could not use a Roman coin in the temple. The trap is pretty transparent. If Jesus says, don't pay the tax, then he would be advocating treason. And if he says, pay the tax, they can accuse him of idolatry. Jesus asked them for a coin. They reach in their pocket and show it to him. Notice, Jesus is not carrying the coin. What about us? What's in your wallet? Do you give to God the things that belong to God? Or do you give to Caesar the things that really belong to God? We are signed with the cross of Jesus, but do we stand under the cross? or stand under the flag? Are we Americans first, or Christians first? Who has dominion over us? After the children of Israel had been exiled in Babylon for 70 years, King Cyrus of Persia overthrew the Babylonians, and he let the Israelites go back home. God claims dominion over Cyrus, As we heard in the reading today Isaiah 45, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus. The word for anointed in Greek is Christos, or Christ. In Hebrew, it's Messiah. Cyrus, the Persian, is God's Messiah. I call you by your name, I surname you, though you do not know me. God declares that Cyrus was doing God's work, even though Cyrus had no idea there even was such a one as God. In the book of Genesis, we discover that God has named us and created us in God's image and likeness. When we forget that, there is alienation and separation. Jesus comes to gather what sin has separated. He is alert to the hypocrisy of the religious leaders and so avoids getting caught in their trap. There is a Taoist story about a man in one boat who sees another boat coming at him through the fog. He yells at the man in the other boat to steer aside. But the boat continues to come at him. He then curses and swears and rages at the approaching boat. When the boat is close enough so he can see it clearly in the fog, he sees the boat is empty. There's no one in the boat. Immediately his anger calms, and he easily steers his boat away, avoiding collision. Rather than getting caught in someone else's fight, Jesus may be teaching us how to be an empty boat. In our current political discourse, there is a growing pattern of opposition and non-cooperation. Jesus' tactic of not trying to beat his opponent, but to engage them in the conversation, might give us a model of how to navigate our current political climate. Jesus avoids the trap of being caught between false alternatives. Those Pharisees wanted a yes or no answer. In some areas, yes or no seems the right way to phrase things. When you're driving a car, for example, should I turn left or right, should I stop or go, is definitely the right question to ask. But other areas of life do not admit to either or, yes or no thinking. Jesus does not best his opponents, he just refuses to play their game. He names the terms of discernment, the everlasting tension between God and the emperor. Perhaps that's where we need to live, within the tension of both and. Recognizing what's in our wallet, we are often caught between different worlds and competing values. In a world loyal to other powers, it is always a challenge to let our lifestyle be governed by the standard of the gospel and the currency of God's kingdom. A little girl was drawing a picture. Her mother asked her what she was drawing. A picture of God. But we don't know what God looks like. You will when I'm done. On our best days, Remembering that we are made in the image and likeness of God, we will make God present in our living and our loving. On that day, the world will have a glimpse of what God looks like.